In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 30 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Joining me today are my guests, Matt Jeffrey and Adrian Espinoza. Guys, how you been? Yeah, I've been really good, buddy. How about yourself? Doing well, man. I saw you're on uh, episode five of your podcast already. Yeah, just uh, just recorded episode five yesterday, uh, dropping later today. So um, exciting. Yeah, exciting times, man. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, very good. Adrian, what about you? I've been good, man. Just been uh, in my little corner doing my thing. Recording and stuff? Recording, got like 40 videos done for YouTube. Yeah, you've been putting up a lot lately. Uh, Working on new music with Daniel. Just like, you know, the whole works. Never All stop. that stuff, man. Good. Stay busy. What have you guys been playing lately? Um, So I would, well... I would like to say that I've been playing all kinds of different games, um, <laughs> but I I really haven't. I've just been kicking it with uh, Apex, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I say that, and I've been playing The Witness as well. Oh, yeah, so, nice. So obviously when I'm not running around killing people trying to get trying to champion Apex, mm. I'm just thinking, let's just kick back, play a bit of Witness, because it's free on PS Plus this month. So Yeah, um, yeah. And dude, ugh, it's so much fun. The game is so pretty, mm-hmm. like, but it's it's so hard. Like, I've mm-hmm. I've got through like the first two sections, yeah, and I don't even know where the third section is. Like, you're roaming around the map, mm-hmm. and like you don't know where to start. You don't know what. You don't know where to go really. And it's just like, oh my god! Like, there's no guidelines with that game, and I and I kind of love how they set it up, but. Mm-hmm. There's that game is to, like there's just nowhere to go with it. Like, I just don't know where to go next. Right? Yeah, it's a lot of just exploration and and discovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that game uh, is very much like learning a second language. They teach you very simple things early on, and you just build upon that. And uh, yeah. I my initial playthrough of that back in 2016, I think when it launched, I got all the way to the top of the mountain and then stopped playing for whatever reason. And uh, I haven't been able to go back because I feel like I lost all of the like puzzle uh knowledge that i had gained like up until that yeah. yeah yeah all the fundamentals and, and everything i'm sure i could get through like some of the basic or early on puzzles but man they get very complex later in the game and i just i wouldn't be able to jump back in now that's why i'm trying to like strike while the iron's hot i'm, I'm trying not to get away from the game for too long i'm yeah. trying to like maybe spend a few days out and then jump straight back in because i'm always scared that i'll lose some shit right and then um yeah and that's what i hate most about games yeah <laughs> sometimes it's hard so to go back really are like that like you mm-hmm. can't you you can go back but in a weird way you're almost like stressed to go back mm-hmm. which does exactly. not help your experience whatsoever yeah because you're thinking oh is the am i going to get the same feeling from the game am i going to have the same ability like especially oh, if it's like the witness where it's so it can be so complex you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And if you're in that like wave or that like vibe vibe of already going through it and then you stop and you like break that, I could, I could totally get that. I've felt yeah. that before. Adrian, what have you been playing lately? 
honestly not much either because i just been uh just doing a lot of work plugging away uh, well what's funny is like i haven't necessarily been playing much but i've been because i've gone through like 10 different playthroughs of games it's like mm-hmm. i have been going through like as yeah. if i'm playing games but i'm watching myself play a game it's weird. yeah yeah so i just recently like finished um the whole god of war playthrough it's all up on youtube now i i mm-hmm. finished uh watching my playthrough for andromeda for dead uh dead island for sweet shadow of the colossus for spider-man and for darksiders 2 so i went through all those and it was kind of cool to revisit them Mm -hmm. Uh, but besides that i mean really just been apex yeah i've been uh i've been watching some of your god of war videos and I, i was letting you know the other day at work it was very much like reliving that game again just through your playthrough which has been so satisfying because i after after i got the platinum i traded that game in and i've been wanting to go back and just you know just fuck around for a little bit throw the axe around and and just combo whatever just you know hack and slash basically um not really itching to play through the entire story again but i just wanted to jump back in for a little bit so watching those bits and clips has been satisfying to say the least i um I had a I had a YouTube channel like last year and I did a God of War playthrough and it's actually a question I wanted to ask you Adrian. Yeah. So like I don't know how you feel from the outside but when you do a playthrough of a game on YouTube mm-hmm. how do you feel like even remotely connected to the game because I I felt like during the time I was focusing more on the recording and like actually putting the content out there than actually playing the game. I feel uh, you. like you know what I mean, like actually enjoying the game itself. So my then, my uh, yeah. I think there's a trade off to it. And the reason being is because what I did. My initially what I wanted to do was make it in like different sessions. So like if I'm playing, I would do like an hour, record the mm-hmm. hour and then go through it and work on it and edit it. When I did it that way, I felt like it was much it was so much more of a distraction and so my way around it, but then it's not as consistent. So it's totally a trade off to it was for God of War. I did this the, really the first time I just binged the whole thing and I just kept recording yeah. the entire playthrough until I was finished. But the hard part about that, especially with a game like that, like 50 hours in, you, you got to go back and go through the entire footage. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which wasn't bad, though, because in a way you have you it's like kind of what matt was saying you revisit it and it feels kind of nice um and then you remember certain things that you had gone through that you were like oh i can't wait to like find this when i go back uh, yeah in this moment you know what i mean and so because the only yeah i mean because the only time i played through god of war was for my channel so mm-hmm. i can go back onto my channel now and watch me play it but i can't really remember playing it exactly so I, 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 I can remember playing it but like i was just so focused on playing it for you like for youtube no Mm -hmm. exactly but now now i just kind of want to do it for my own personal i just want to kind of sit there and just replay it again just so i can kind of let it soak in a little better next time so yeah yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a a funny question i don't don't think it i don't think it gets asked i don't think it gets asked enough to youtubers so no i don't i don't think it does and unless it's like unless you're doing it full time i don't think there's a way to truly consistently like find that middle ground you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. I felt like the same thing when I was streaming back in the day. I was uh, streaming my playthrough of Bloodborne just like blind and uh, never played that game before. And yeah. I was um, playing through it 
uh, on Twitch and uh, obviously they're starting out streaming. There's like hardly any audience, but I was so focused on making sure that there was at least some form of entertainment from myself that I wasn't really like investing myself fully into the game to where I could appreciate it, I think, fully. And that's something that I would like to go back and revisit because I I think I got past the second boss and haven't gone back to it. Um, Honestly, I think it'd be harder to stream and do it because the whole point was like, oh, well, I'm just going to binge this and enjoy it myself Mm -hmm. and I'll just record the entire thing and then I'll just have to go back and go through it. But if I'm streaming Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. because everything Everything's like on everything. Yeah, everything's like on the fly, isn't it? You kind of have yeah. to kind of think and play, and mm-hmm. you you've almost got to have like a you've almost got to have like a separate part in your mind, like you know, compartmentalized like thinking mm-hmm. about thinking about Twitch and playing the game. At the, yeah, it's, it's oh yeah, quite tricky. That's I can't tricky I do. I can't imagine even having you know a room of people too that you're interacting with. Like when you do get the whole time you know, thousands of people watching and you're trying to interact as well uh, as focus and keep an entertaining stream going too so yeah Very people tricky. i think people think that streaming games or creating content like that is easy is easy and it's totally man, not no not at all <laughs> i got a lot of respect for people that do single player games on yeah. twitch and yeah. not just multiplayer because that's why and then they're still entertaining super mm-hmm. well right well, uh, I just wrapped up an entertaining game earlier today, uh, Devil May Cry 5. I just rolled credits on, and uh, boy, oh boy, that was an experience. That was my first game in that series, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Very, very fun. What a uh, game stylish. to get introduced to the series. Man, it was it was something else. I'm uh, I'm definitely not good at it. Um, I, I played through on just the, like, the normal difficulty human. <laughs> I said I'm definitely not good at it, but I like no. it. I mean, I mean, I got through most of the chapters getting like S rank or A rank. So I think I did decent for like a first playthrough, but I'm not anywhere near like some of the videos I've seen online where people are just juggling enemies in the air without having them hit the ground, switching up the different weapons on the fly and just like it looks so fluid when you get in there. Uh, But it was enjoyable, man. It was a fun experience. I highly recommend uh, picking that game up. uh, I would highly recommend I would highly recommend if you ever, ever find yourself with a PS2 ever again, mm-hmm. go back and play Devil May Cry 3. That's my favorite. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the original trilogy is awesome. Yeah. Um, That's your favorite in the series? That's like your number I th- one? I think number three. Yeah. I enjoyed that one a lot. Mm. Hmm. I mean, everyone has different opinions, I guess. But, no, no. Yeah. 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 Um, I like number four as well. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed the first, th- the first two, but like, I didn't really get into it until number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that um, makes sense. And I, I, I dabbled in the the DMC, um, that kind like of re- reboot or whatever that yeah. kind of reboot thing that came out. But so yeah. I played that on my PS2. Uh, I think like sometime in 2017, and because I bought it on a sale and I just never played it, and I honestly thought it wasn't bad. Like I'm not saying it lives up to the other ones because I no don't necessarily think so, but I didn't think it was bad. I actually had a pretty good time playing it. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it sounds really funny you saying PS2 in 2017. By the way, oh yeah, 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 right. That's just <laughs> like like what, what what's that? There all was about? this like funny moment where I because uh, I still have my I said PS2, I meant PS3. I'm super sorry. Uh, now I get why that's even funnier. But I do have a PS3. <laughs> why are you playing that? <laughs> God, no one a has PS, a PS2 I have anymore. PS2 and a PS3 in my closet, like right now. I can like stare at them right now i'm actually staring at them right Damn. now hey guys i, I miss uh, one that's, that's that's yeah me too man i miss my mm-hmm. ps2 so check yeah. this out 
I don't. I found that at a garage sale. PS2. <sighs> Guess how much I paid for it. This was like th- this was like four years ago. It still works twenty bucks. Fine. No, less. Five bucks. Get no out of here, dude! Shit. Damn. The lady, the lady, it was her son's, and she was like, "I don't." She doesn't. I, you know, I highly doubt she really knew what it was, and uh, and I was just like, probably her DVD does this player still work. And she was like, "I, I think it does." And I was like, "Well, I have the cable still, so technically, I just need that." And I could probably get it to work if it's still. I mean, for five bucks, just roll the yeah, dice. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, just grab it. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I it doesn't, if it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, yeah, I grabbed just... it, went home. I still have the exact cables for it, plugged no into the old TV, and it worked yeah. perfectly. Oh man! I literally oh, man. went out the next. No, I think that day and bought the GTA like the whole that full box. Yeah, yeah. GTA Three, Vice City, San Andreas. Just what a them with my brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. It was so it was so cool. It was such a great experience. Damn. Uh, but yeah. Well, uh, let's let's jump in. Uh, before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. Follow me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast, on Twitter at IYEpodcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like to en- like to ask me, and I will answer on the next show, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. So uh, first bit of news, big one. Uh, Google's GDC announcement took place earlier this week, where they revealed their new cloud-based gaming platform, Stadia, to the world. Stadia will support 4K 60 frames per second at launch, and can be streamed to phones, tablets, computers, and televisions. They also announced the Stadia controller, which will have a dedicated share button that can share not only screenshots and videos of your gameplay, but also playable moments to anyone in the world. The Stadia controller also has Google Assistant built in, which can help out when you get stuck in a game by searching the web and finding relevant walkthrough videos instantly. What did you guys think about Google's venture into gaming? I think... um... Uh, I'm. Oh my god! I, I don't think I've ever been more puzzled, or more <laughs> kind of not puzzled, but more intrigued. Yeah, yeah. intrigued. I, I. I. This could. Okay, so this could either go one of two ways. Mm. This is. This is going to be a proper zero or hero moment for Google. I think when they finally drop the service. I mean, when when are we talking? Like holiday 2019? Are they sounds talking about? sounds like they're aiming for summer, or at least more information by summer. They they did announce mm-hmm. that Doom Doom Eternal is going to be launching on the um, yeah, yeah, system. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be day and date with the console releases, but I have a feeling it's going to be summertime that we see this. I think when we, I think by the time we finally see it, like I mean, obviously they showed off some bits um, at the keynote. But I think when we actually see it, like fully, like how the sit, how like the the service looks, the platform, everything, how you just jump in, how everything works perfectly mm-hmm. uh, on a public level, yeah. Then I think, you know, I'm I'm in. Mm-hmm. But until that point, I'm just kind of like I'm going to take just like three steps back and just kind of see how it works, see how everything looks, and then yeah. kind of and then make a bigger assumption, I guess. Yeah, I was very. Um invested in the conference uh i was i was on board like from the very beginning with 
with this. I did the uh, project stream uh, beta last year with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I got hands on with that game uh, firsthand playing it through a tab in a Google Chrome on my MacBook Pro with a PlayStation 4 controller. And it was an unreal experience to be able to play something that was so high fidelity on a computer that would never be able to run even that game on lowest settings, uh, let alone running at, you know, 1080p, 60 frames on my computer. So I've seen the tech um, in in an early form that they were beta testing uh, across, you know, a wide audience of people. So I can only imagine how much better that service is going to be once it's fully ready to go for the world. Um, That being said, there's still a lot of questions. I think that everybody, as we've started to unpack this event, uh, are starting to crop up like pricing. They didn't mention anything about pricing. Is this going to be a subscription service like um, Xbox Game Pass or something along the lines of Netflix where you pay a monthly fee and you have access to a library of games? Are they going to be a la carte purchases, which I feel like they're going to be more in that realm where you buy the game for 60 bucks and then you have access to it on uh, any number of devices. Um, but how much are they actually charging for you to access that those those servers? Because they're going to have to get their money for that somewhere. They're not just going to let people use that tech for free, right? So that's my big question is what the pricing structure is going to look like. Yeah. What do you guys think pricing wise? What are you anticipating? I think think it won't be much. I don't think it's going to be anything below 10 pounds or $10 a month. For like a subscription? Maybe 15, 20, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's, I mean, it's, well, for one, it's, it's pretty high tech and it's pretty, and it's pretty early on. Right in the in the infrastructure, I mean, obviously, PlayStation tried to do it with PlayStation Now, but it's slightly different. Obviously, they can only use it off the PS4 and like Sony smart TVs, right? Yeah. Whereas, which is for I think some some of their phones too, some of the experience, some of the, like the yeah, and also the Sony Bro. Uh, no, the yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, the Xperia and, the, and things like that, and the Vita, and the Rip. Vita, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah i think they actually i think they they turned that service off if i'm not mistaken though for the vita they actually shut it down so playstation now doesn't work anymore there i I don't think there's a sadder a more sad situation than the vita honestly yeah it's tough man it's tough mine's still in um, yeah i never actually got one but i kind of do want to just get one for it's it honestly is but great. It's a great console and it, it looks it still looks very good now. Like they, that was another console that was very ahead of its time, just like the, I still the think PSP it was Go. Just release date. Yeah. Real problem it had. They just had well it was it launched in between the PS3 and PS4. It was in a weird time frame for Sony. They didn't have a lot of first party support after the first like year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean they they set themselves up to fail with it. Thankfully, there's a lot of indie developers that really took to it because it was such a good platform and it was such a great machine for playing games on the go. But yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I really and it got, do. They, if they and it got like this year would be freaking off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. And it got completely swallowed up by the 3DS as well, right? So. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. 3D, the 3DS kind of stumbled out of the gate and then they had such a strong relaunch that it just shut down the Vita. Any Any competition really was just kind of taken out with that. Yeah. I think um 
Yeah, so I think going going back to the kind of like the price point or anything like that, mm-hmm. I think obviously with Google being able to pretty much stream and show like their product on any kind of platform, um, they, they obviously can't do it at a cheap price. It's going to have to be quite a yeah. premium. It's going to have to be quite a high price, I would have thought. Yeah, the I'm... thing is like, yeah, if you... Sorry, Matt. If you... um. <clears throat> When when the other Matt bring up the the fact that like with now you'd have to have a PlayStation, right? So you factor in the price of already having. Well, in most cases for people, like I purchased a PlayStation, and then on top of that money that I already spent on the PlayStation, then I'm going to be spending the the subscription price. Mm-hmm. At first, I was looking at it like, well, we can't compare it to consoles because it's not a console, but in a way, right. That could be it's obviously it's been its its biggest benefit because now I don't have to purchase, you know, a console for over a hundred or a hundred or two hundred dollars. I just right. have to go straight to the subscription. Mm-hmm. It could yeah, be I think, to think about it from that point of view. I feel like there there definitely has to be some sort of monthly payment to access those servers because otherwise, yeah. I mean, yeah, you pay for the games, which is separate. Most of that money is going to be going to the developers anyway. So what where does Google make out on this? They're they're not just going to like lease this technology out to the world for free this cutting edge mm-hmm. technology they're going to need some sort of compensation for oh, you yeah, to be able to utilize that so i think um, obviously yeah i mean yeah i mean like like uh, adrian said you don't have to worry about any hardware anymore right obviously if, obviously if you've already got the hardware you've got a phone you've mm-hmm. got your you know your desktop pc you've got um laptop whatever i mean i can literally just take my phone to work like i do every day now mm-hmm. and i've got like a google like um like the google browser for example on on the phone like on the app and then what if i just took my controller with work, like to work with me mm-hmm. the google stadia controller just hook mm-hmm. it up and just play like on the go like on my break or something like you yeah. would never ever be able to do that ever right unle- unless you had like a nintendo switch these days right right so i think it is impressive what they're doing but it's just kind of how will it look how will it look um mm-hmm. what's the What's the latency like? Um, it's, it's just, just so gonna ambitious. be an interesting time. It's very ambitious, it's and so I think ambitious. we need to. Yeah. I've never seen it before. I think that's the, so. For me, that's the re- biggest reason why I'm still very like. I like what I'm hearing. Obviously, it mm-hmm. sounds great. I just if I don't know if it's going to be executed well. So if it does, and we see it working well, this could be a game changer. Yeah, it could be. Could yeah, be great. There's definitely a lot riding on it. Um, speaking of the controller. Um, did you guys get a chance to see some of the tech that's in the Stadia controller? I um, I saw I saw a few things. Yeah, so I liked the um, uh, like the whole there was like a share there was like a share feature, wasn't it? And I yeah. c- I couldn't remember exactly what that was all about. I don't know if it works in the same way as the the PlayStation Share, or yes. is it slightly different? Or it, it, I it is. Quite remember. It sounds okay. like it's very similar. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it, at first I was uh, I was like, okay, it's a standard share button that we've seen on every controller now and every system it seems in 2018 2019 like that's normal uh but the the other feature that they touted was uh, something called state share so imagine that i send you a, a text message of uh you know some gameplay footage and you're like cool you get to watch that footage but with state share you can actually text a link to somebody or post it on social media or whatever and it actually captures that exact moment in the game that you are playing keeps the character it understands where you're at in the world it understands what's in your inventory at that exact moment and you send that to somebody and they can click that link 
it opens up on whatever device they're on and they can immediately jump in and start playing from that exact moment that you were playing. Oh my God. Which is, I'm I'm trying to wrap um, my head around. So I was having my, um, I was having a discussion on on my show yesterday with with my guest about this this exact topic. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, doesn't that like it doesn't it doesn't it completely get rid of like the whole feeling of having your own game like your own saved game to kind of jump back into in a lot of ways on, on, well on your I, own I don't board. yeah i don't think they're they're not playing your save um they're basically you're you're like making a copy it sounds like of your game uh and i imagine it's a snippet it's going to be like a clip of that game that they're going to play so the the idea that they pitched was uh, for for somebody that's going through like a difficult section platforming, right? Hey, I just got through this section. Um, see if you can beat my time, basically. Here, yeah, let me text you that link. Another reason I thought was quite cool. I just went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, like, I was thinking, for example, if you were if you were kind of looking to like get in the game yourself and start from the beginning, it's quite cool for someone else to send you that clip so you can check it out for yourself if you like it or not. Yeah. Right. And then you can and then you can decide, oh hell yeah, I'll just I'll start from the beginning on, on my own end. Yeah, so, yeah. That's that's also what I want to know is if you do get that link and it's playable, does that mean that you have to own the game on Stadia or can anybody play that? Because if you have to own it, the, yeah. that's gonna limit the audience that can Or do you even or do you even have to own games on Stadia? Well, it, I I imagine you're going to have to buy a license of some sort, unless it is going to be a subscription based model, which would be incredible. Oh yeah, I just what can't. Yeah. What so that's what I was thinking. Stadia? Like, I don't, oh, I don't. That's interesting. Yeah, like, are you even going to have to own these games? Can you just duck in and out of games as you please? I, I'm. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I it's like... it all it's all dependent on what they end up doing with the pricing. If they're going to go like Netflix style or Xbox Game Pass style, I could see a thirty, you know, twenty nine ninety nine a month isn't too bad if you think about being able to access a number of games including um what we'll get to in a sec their own first party studio that they announced uh, being able to jump in and play that stuff so that would be pretty enticing i feel like the middle ground to that if we're if we if we were to say like okay well you don't have to own the game i feel like it honestly would just make sense that they'd have to have some sort of stadia account so you have to sign in and then it allows you to play through that experience yeah i think well, you're right. I, yeah. One of one of the things they showed off too was uh, so much of this is integrated deeply within YouTube. So um, they showed uh, basically the Assassin's Creed Odyssey trailer play, and Dude, then that the was end, so cool. That was yeah. so cool. And then at the end of the trailer, there's a button that popped up that just said "Play Now," and you just click <sighs> it and you jump right into the game instantly. Dude, it, was, it was like Which five is, seconds, man. I can't believe how yeah. cool that was. Like, oh yeah, and I think I that's. Wanna... That's such a huge that's a huge uh component of Stadia is the fact that everything's handled on the back end. So you're they they mentioned no download times. You don't have to worry about updates because everything's patched on the back end. So anytime you jump in the game and it's literally seconds and you're in the game. You don't have to wait for any load times besides the game itself in in game loading, but uh, no load times for booting up a console, you know. Everything's so instantaneous, which is just speaks so highly to the culture that we have now where everybody's looking for that instant gratification. I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be a runaway success. It's going to satisfy that need. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love, I mean, if, if you can just pop into a game and you don't have to own it or whatever, 
if somebody sends you a, a link or if you're curious about a game and you just jump in there for a second and see if that is something that you're interested in, um, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. If it's going to be like a demo that you can play through instantly or is it going to be the full game and you just have to have the subscription-based model or is it going to be all a la carte? Um, that's definitely the biggest question mark for me is just the pricing right now. Um, I, I'm also curious how much the controller is going to be because there does seem like there's a lot of tech in there. Um, the Google Assistant portion, did you guys see the the clip that they showed for that with Tomb Raider? That is the one thing I missed. So Okay, so yeah. check this out. I was skeptical when they mentioned there's a Google Assistant integration with the controller, right? I was like, okay, this seems gimmicky. You know, there's so many of these assistants built into so many devices now and it sounds great on paper but you never end up using that um the 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 demo that they showed for it was uh they, somebody was playing through tomb raider and uh they got stuck on a puzzle and they hit the google assistant button and on screen uh, a little window pops up that says what can i help you with and the microphone activates on the controller and they said i need help getting through this tomb and it says all right searching the web for you and in the background it searches the web it finds exactly the moment that you're at in the game and it's able to search YouTube and find a video that's relevant for you of a walkthrough, pulls oh it up to God. that exact moment and plays it in line. So you watch what happens and then once you're done with the video, it disappears and you're right back in the game without having to jump to a different screen, to a different app or anything. It's all done in line. That's I'm so um... excited for it, but it's like funny because I... I all of these things it just makes me have so many questions just as not necessarily like if it's going to be good or not but more of like the curiosity of mm -hmm. all the little things that go involved in that i don't think yeah. uh i don't i think we're playing it down kind of like how big that keynote really was a couple of days ago or three, yeah. three yeah. days ago mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think we're going to know like the the size of it until this service actually drops and then mm -hmm. it's going to hit us it's going to hit us so hard and we're not going to know what to do with it Mm -hmm. We're going to be like That's kids in a candy store. I feel like I feel like people are a little bit, I mean, rightfully so skeptical because, you know, Google launches so many projects and then they drop projects, you know, so just about as many as they start, they end quickly. So um, I think this one, I think this one's here to stay. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spencer, um, I believe, or Phil Harrison, who's who's over there now? One of those guys. Um, they had an interview. He's Xbox, right? Yeah, yep. it's been Phil Harrison. Um, he there's an interview, and he said that this is something that they're going to they're going to stick with. Uh, he had an interview with uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku, and they said this is like jokingly. No, we're we're not gonna we're we're here to stay with Stadia, which is good news. And um, it was also um, Phil Spencer's remarks actually from Xbox that was interesting as well, when he was like. Um, he wasn't surprised by Google's announcement, and yeah. the, and the Xbox are going to go full force at E three. Oh man! And I was and I was like, hell, my god, what the hell do Xbox have up their sleeves? Well, and they've got X Cloud, which sounds like it's going to be similar, a similar, a similar deal, but just console based. Yeah, they have they have uh, the same be able to play anywhere dream that Google has. Uh, brought forward so it's uh, microsoft's definitely got the tech as well to back that up with um, their azure cloud system so i think um, if if there's anyone that can compete with google in this uh cloud-based streaming realm it's microsoft or amazon which supposedly they're working on their own 
game oh, here service we go. as well. And the yeah, battle begins. Oh yeah, this is the next the next generation of console wars is gonna be like Cloud Wars now, I think. It's gonna be invisible. It's gonna be invisible. Yeah. We're not even gonna be able to see it. Yeah. So I'm I'm hyped. I, I was definitely uh surprised the that there wasn't Cloud War. In Cloud the War. Cold, the cold cloud war. Jesus. I, I was uh definitely surprised that there was no box like i thought i thought there would still be some sort of a box that you would use uh -huh. with your tv even though it's effectively a chromecast that you that you are going to use if you're going to play on your tv but I, th I thought that was an interesting move that they were um promoting that this is no box there's no box here it's just all cloud-based everything's done and their data I still center. um i still think the next generation of consoles will be a box though yeah, I think we're gonna get. We're clearly getting a PlayStation Five box. We're getting an Xbox box. Um, I, I yeah, I think that there's gonna be the traditional console makers still going that route. But I think that Google is shifting the paradigm before our eyes. And I think ten years from now, it's gonna be a different story. I don't think we're gonna have. Yeah, I think so it's gonna be integrated with your phone, with your tablet, with your computer, with your TV, just like exactly. Google's moving towards. So I think I think generation nine which is what we're coming up to now with the ps5 mm -hmm. i think that will be the last generation of physical hardware yeah i i could 100%. definitely believe that yeah 100 percent. and then generation 10 will just be like just straight up streaming it's just going to be like built into your retinas yeah i was, <laughs> built, gonna, yeah. Say, I was gonna say wrist <laughs> but it's gonna yeah. be some ready yeah. player one shit yeah we're definitely going full ready player one boys oh Let's my go. god it's happening i'm hyped dude um, yeah, the last thing I want to bring up before we move on is uh, Google announced that they have uh, their own first party studio that is Stadia Games and Entertainment, uh, which is headed by Jane Raymond, which they brought over recently. Um, and she was recently at uh, EA and Ubisoft previously. So she is now the head of their first party studio. Um, it sounds like they are hard at work at their own stuff. So I'm excited to see uh, what kind of experiences they come up with from a first party standpoint that are going to be exclusive to Stadia. I think I I think I'll be I think I'll be interested in Stadia for the first party stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because obviously at the moment my PS4 is my my third party machine. Right. Um I would still love to pick up an Xbox one for mm -hmm. for some of their first party stuff. Um and obviously depending on what Google can offer up. I, yeah. I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I might be enticed, but obviously if the price point is quite high and I'm just playing it for first parties, it might not be worth it. Yeah. So. Well, good news. They did say it's going to be in uh, US, UK, and uh, most, of most of Europe. Yeah, most of Europe, Canada. And Canada, uh, yeah, yeah, at launch Cause, though. Because the Canadians, they, they need it, I'm sure. They, they need that, yeah. Um, second piece of news this week, uh, Apex Legends Season 1 Wild Frontier began adding the long-awaited Battle Pass, which features 100 tiers of unique unlockables for 950 Apex coins, which is about $10 in-game. There's also a Battle Pass bundle for 2,800 Apex coins, which is about $30, which unlocks the first 25 levels of content from the Battle Pass. For players who don't want to take part in the Battle Pass, there are still plenty of free unlockables to be earned just for playing, including a Wild Frontier Legend skin, 5 Apex packs, and 18 Wild Frontier stat trackers. A new legend also released alongside the new season of content, and he is named Octane. His abilities include a risk-reward mechanic where he can sacrifice a bit of health in exchange for a temporary speed boost. He's also uh, able to slowly regenerate his health over time, which offsets his ability nicely. His ultimate ability is a jump pad, which has been in the game since late last week uh, around the market area in-game. 
and uh, which, uh, when jumped upon, launches players high into the air and can be used to gain a height advantage over other squads or traverse areas of the map. Octane can be unlocked for 750 Apex coins or 12,000 Legend tokens in-game right now. What are you guys' thoughts so far early on of the first season of content for Apex Legends? I um yeah, Adrian, I'll let you I'll let you tackle this one, bro. To begin with. <laughs> uh well me and Matt actually talked about it earlier, right before we started this. Basically, you know, it's a start. You know what I mean? Uh and honestly, it's it doesn't seem like a bad start. It just uh mm-hmm. I think we'll just see it get sweeter and sweeter over time as of yeah. right now. Yeah, I think I, um yeah, good carry on, Matt. Oh, I was just gonna say I think this is, we were talking at work, uh just a group of us um about how Fortnite started in its first season uh yeah. I, I i didn't even jump in until season two so i don't know what what season their three. first season really oh season three yeah that's right season yeah i didn't one was in a battle pass season two, right was. season two was black knight battle pass that's right so I, I think there's there's a bit of growing pains that 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 game didn't really hit mainstream until i mean really season three i think we were kind of early early on um i think four and five is really where it started to hit its stride so um clearly they've modeled a lot of the battle pass off of Fortnite, like almost to a t uh but i think that we're gonna see that this this first battle pass they were talking the developers mentioned that they're really just focusing on kind of getting people still familiarized with the game they really want people to play a bunch of the different legends they're focusing on just experience based battle pass so leveling up uh the different characters they give you bonuses for playing each individual character each week so they're really honing in on getting everybody still familiar with the game because it is only not even two months old at this point. So yeah, it is still experience. such a fresh experience. I, think, yeah. I mean, like I said um, with Adrian before we started the show, I think um, a lot of people were just looking at it at face value. They saw that the first mm-hmm. maybe couple of tiers of the battle pass mm-hmm. weren't that enticing. Mm-hmm. But what they but what they have to understand is there's like hundreds. There's like a hundred levels. Yeah. To this battle pass and i think the deeper you dig into it you're just going to get rewarded more and more mm-hmm. um and the battle pass is only going to be like 90 days long yeah um so i think by the time that's done with they're gonna they're probably gonna start thinking about dropping season two and before you know it you're gonna have a bunch more content in your face and it's just so it's just better. gonna be yeah i mean it's just it's just gonna come thick and fast now mm-hmm. and um octane's a really cool character i haven't played as him yet i don't oh plan on God. i i don't plan on buying him no i I plan on just grinding out the oh yeah just uh, unlock it just unlocking him but i I still need to i'm still doing that with caustic i've I've, i did it with i did it with mirage i haven't unlocked caustic yet okay Um, i would say uh i would highly recommend picking up octane over caustic that's just that's just my opinion the only reason the only reason i want to grab caustic is because Mm -hmm. i want that trophy of winning a game with all all legends oh okay oh that yeah yeah so I've done it with everyone except from Wraith and Caustic. Damn, bro. Good for you. So yeah, I won a game with Pathfinder last night. And nice, uh, man. Hell I yeah. was just yeah, I was just tagging along though. I didn't really Yeah. Yeah. I just That's I awesome. just I you know what, right? The only time I'm winning matches is when I luck into a good squad. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, I'll I'll luck into a good squad and I'm just like, yeah. well, I, I look at I look squad. I look at the banners and like either side of me I've got dudes that have got like six hundred and fourteen kills with like yeah. Bangalore law and yeah. like and I've got another <laughs> and I've got another wraith that's like generated like eight hundred and twelve portals and I'm like Jesus. 
I'm I'm doing okay here. I'm gonna win this one. Sure. If I stick with them, it'd be fine. First start the match and the, the the champion's like on your team and he just dies like in the first four minutes. You're just like, wow, I was actually very excited <laughs> about this match. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Just completely yeah. kills your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> you're just ro- you're roaming around the map like, man, I need that champion right now. What's going right? on? Right. I have to say, after playing Octane, I, I played him quite a bit last night. Um, got a victory with him as well. Um, had the had the final kill with him, which was very cool. Oh um, my guy! Yeah, it was it was great. But man, after playing him, all of the other legends feel extremely slow because slow. I'm. Yeah. You're so used to using his ability. So his his L1 uh, left trigger ability, he basically like jams a stim into his leg, and it boosts his speed. He gets a thirty percent speed boost for a few seconds. And man, you can you can catch up to your team quickly. You can outrun the storm quickly. Uh, you can get out of situations. I honestly use it a lot to get out of um, situations where you know if I am getting shot or if I got flanked by a couple people, just boom, you hit that stim and you're you're out of there so fast. Um, and his like health, the, uh, yeah, his like health angle smoke grenade. Exactly, but this is on demand, so you can just pop it whenever you want. And the yep. cooldown on it is like literally one it's second. Literally it's insane. Like so you can you can almost spam this thing, um, and the health that that's taken away is so minimal, and he regenerates health over time, which is like, I, I feel like it's I understand how they design the character, but it almost feels a little bit unbalanced in that sense because he does it heals up very slowly, but uh, I mean you can you can pop a couple of those stims, get out of somewhere or get to somewhere quickly, and by the time you like look at your health, it's already back to full, which is just insane so his ultimate ability though is pretty shitty so i guess that's where his balance is is like he's not really helpful the uh the bounce pads i'm sure you i was gonna say i was gonna say don't hate on the bounce pad man that's, that's, i mean that's a lot of fun I'm, for sure. I'm, i might need to get better at dropping them but everywhere i i threw them like you you know if you're running at it and you hit it at an angle it like boosts you up really quickly but every time i, I was I was launching myself into rocks and shit and i was like this is i can't i can't do this bro this is Dude, Not I saw way. the most killer video with Octane. There was um, he he was coming up on two uh no one person um looking in a death box, a legendary one as well. So there mm. must have been some good items in there. Uh, and the guy obviously looking in the loot box had no idea that Octane was behind him. He just chucked he, a freaking. He, he 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 chucked the launch pad like right underneath his feet and it no launched shit. him in the air. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he just went in and stole all the shit and then ran nice. off. I was just like. I love that. that. The best way. He had no idea. That's awesome. Uh, one last thing I want to say on the battle pass is the. Uh, I, I agree. I feel like a lot of the skins are pretty mediocre. Um, a, a lot of the weapon skins are kind of whatever as well. They're all like rare, so they're not even like high tier skins. Um, the final unlockable tier skin is for the uh, Havoc energy rifle, the one that was added uh, recently to the game. Favorite. Yeah, um, and and a lot of people were shitting on that at first, and then they showed that it's actually um, it changes in game as you use the as you use the gun and, and yeah, get more nice. kills with it. So there is a little bit of uh, of like prestige to that that skin, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I think that next season they can only go up from here. I think this is a great start. It's uh, one one gripe that I have is how hard it is to level up the battle pass. It seems like it takes so long to get from yeah, it's like one level 29, to like twenty nine thousand XP. Yeah, which like was in the insane. first level. I couldn't believe right. it. Like, it. It took me like five or six matches just to get to like level two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm only level three, and I was playing like all last night. 
So I, I think that's one does thing that they the, um, does might it look have at. The, the ratifiers? Like, you know, like in uh, in Fortnite, you yeah. unlock XP yes. boosters. Yes, and, the, and then they stack as well. But they're, it seems like they're not for a while. Like maybe the, mm. the first it like seems, 10 It seems to me, it seems to me like after every game, your battle pass XP and your regular XP, the battle pass XP seems to be roughly 50% more. Yeah, okay. I think it's a bonus based on... Uh, the player that you're using, the the legend that you use, they they give out like twenty five thousand experience bonus each week for each legend. So the idea is that you play through all of the different legends to get some additional bonus experience. Yeah, like what you're uh, touching on earlier. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. Sense. Otherwise, I think it's just one to one with your regular experience. So that bonus that you're seeing should be coming from playing a uh, a specific legend. So yes. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good start. I think uh, next season, I'm excited to see what comes out. I know we just started this season, but I'm also excited to see how they evolve it throughout the season um, on a week-to-week basis like Fortnite does. If they're going to do any map changes, or I imagine we're going to see a different weapon introduced this season or maybe a couple weapons. So I think it's it doesn't just end with the battle pass. I think there's going to be potentially 10 weeks of content that we might see. Oh, uh, challenges. That that's what be, I was. That's what I was if wondering. It has that much experience that yeah. you need? Yeah, they said that they aren't looking at it for this season, but they're looking at it for potential upcoming seasons. Again, they were they kept coming back to they want this to be an introductory season where people are still getting familiarized with the game. They don't yeah. want you to focus on challenges just yet Suddenly because you have all people these still other things to worry about. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, yeah, they basically kind of threw shade at Fortnite, and they're like, we don't want people to have to worry about doing a 720 flip and getting a headshot no scope or some shit <laughs> you know like like all these crazy things they want you to focus on the gameplay right now experience based to they're be trying fair, to um like that was like six seasons in by the time you get those types yeah. of like crazy right challenges i think uh yeah. I, I think i think respawn are just trying to solidify their fan base right now yeah so they're yeah. just like okay we've got these guys 50 million or maybe well plus now it's probably closer to 60 i would have thought now um, yeah. How do we keep them, and how do we? How do we progress? keep them exactly? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. not overcomplicate things. Let's just give them a little bit of a, a bigger dose of what they've already got, and right. then for se- and then for season two, we can start bringing in some cool features. You know, like challenges, mm-hmm. uh, leaderboards, um, map you know, changes. Things. Yeah, map changes, or, or maybe an entire a new, new map. map. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to see a new, new map. map at some point. Realistically, yeah. too, just spreading it out instead of giving it all at once like it's always going to be better that way i think yeah yeah oh yeah spread it out work on it spread it out time to think about it people are never content with what they get so if you give it all at once people are going to be maybe stoked for a day and then bitch and complain for 10 weeks so yeah Yeah, i think spacing it out is the smart way to go cool well let's uh let's hop into our feature discussion for the week so we are only a few months into 2019 and already there have been a number of great games we've gotten games like resident evil 2 Apex Legends, Devil May Cry 5, The Division 2, Metro Exodus, and most recently, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, all with fantastic reviews and critical reception. I wanted to get your guys' take on the year in gaming thus far. Uh, What games have surprised you both most this year? I mean, mean, many games have surprised me in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, the random drop of uh, Apex, which we won't go into too much. Yeah, I guess because uh, we've just been talking about it a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, the game just came straight out the gate. It got like an 89 yeah. on Metacritic. The game plays 
fantastically is a great it's, it's a lot of fun and it's just taken everyone by storm so mm-hmm. obviously that one at the moment is in my top three yeah um but also it looks like uh resident evil 2 remake has been amazing i mean i only jumped into the demo i haven't actually played the, the full game mm-hmm. um but that game looks absolutely gorgeous um i love like what they've done with the with the with the remake Mm-hmm. And then you have some games that have surprised you in a more disappointing way. So like Anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just can't believe like how bad the scores are. I can't believe how bad like people are panning that game. Like it's yeah. just like what 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 are, what's Bioware and um, EA going to do? Are, are they just going to, do they have a decent roadmap for it? Are they going to improve it? Like I, I don't really yeah. know. So yeah, I they, know they're trying they to do. improve it really. Yeah, they do. They did lay out their roadmap before launch even and said that they have, um multiple stages of content coming and currently it's ending in what they're calling the cataclysm which is going to be this like big in-game event that it sounds like maybe akin to like a raid in destiny mm-hmm. i think that's going to be the first big meaty piece of content that end game players are going to really get to sink their teeth into yeah um, but so far the consensus has been that the you know most of those games the looter shooters you're racing to get to the end game as quickly mm-hmm. as possible so you can start getting gear that actually is meaningful uh, but once you get there in anthem there's not a whole lot to do there's nothing and, you could yeah you could stand still essentially right which is not a good look for them right out the gate so which is uh yeah which is also quite bad because i have a friend who's um who's actually just completed division two the mm-hmm. campaign and now he's gearing up and he says it's so good he says like oh, the end geez. game he says he says the end game is like really good he's getting some incredible gear incredible loot mm-hmm. and and ubisoft have like a they have quite a big roadmap for that game Damn, they're going to be dro- they're going to be dropping content left and right and i think the improvement that division two that's another game division two yeah. that has made this made quite an improvement over the first one mm-hmm. um in terms of consistency in terms of i think um, all just just all around yeah exactly mechanics um mm-hmm. it's got a great little story um Yes, yeah, so and and good. yeah, it it's so so, so so pretty. I mean, I played the um the the open beta that came out like two, yeah. no, like three weeks ago or something like that. I can't remember when it was. Yeah, early start March. Of yeah, start yeah. of the month. Yeah, and um, it's it was a lot of fun. Like their 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 uh their version of Washington seems very believable. So I mean, yeah, very very cool. I I kind of want to pick up the full game. I'm. I am so close to just pulling the trigger on this because I I was really like I was looking forward to Anthem just like so many people were and uh when the when I saw the review scores I was like oof I got cold feet super quick um and if in all honesty if my pre-order situation hadn't been like completely botched by Best Buy uh I would have had it uh and so I'm kind of glad that I, that that happened because it saved me a bit. I'm going to jump into that game eventually. I think a year from now when there's a good amount of content because I really did enjoy playing through the demo of, of Anthem. Um, but but that that hole, I can feel that hole right now in my gaming library of uh, a shared world shooter. I really, really have been itching to get back into something like that since Destiny. So I might I might hop in there. I feel like I did. I feel like I did exactly the same thing with um, Mass Effect Andromeda. So the game, the game came out. I saw the reviews and I was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. like that's that's tough." Oof. And then 
yeah, oof. oof. That that was that was literally my exact reaction. Big like oof. I, the big oof. I sat back in my chair and I was like, mm, nah, this ain't this ain't this ain't this, this ain't it. This ain't it, bro. Not gonna get me. Yeah, and then um, that's what I call this ain't it, chief. <laughs> it literally was one of those moments like they're like yeah. yeah by the way guys we've dropped a mass effect andromeda it's got like a 74 on metacritic but i still want you to play 60 dollars for it right. and i was like no nah, i'm good so um but then i literally waited like a year mm-hmm. maybe just over a year i played it and the game felt great like they patched it um they patched it up that's exactly it if it, it felt a lot smoother and compared to like the videos and things that i'd been hearing a year previous and um and I feel like it's going to be the same kind of thing with Anthem. I th- I think yeah. just give it give it twelve months. Yeah, wait give for it 12 their months and jump jump back in. Yeah, wait for their Taken King or Forsaken update. Oh, you know, yeah. where where you get all the shit and it's it's good. So I Dude, think that, that game definitely. King. Yeah. Oh, I know that was such a good such a good expansion. I think that's one of my favorites. Example mm-hmm. of that situation. Hopefully, we will, you know, soon not have that as the only example. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think uh so getting back to just the initial question, game that surprised me this year, um definitely resonatable too. Uh Adrian and I, we reviewed that last week on episode twenty nine of In Your Element. So check it out. Check it out. Uh if you want more of an in-depth look at that game, spoiler free, um, give that episode a listen because it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that's been a game that uh neither of us had played on PS one before. So this was a a new experience for both of us and man i was blown away that that game is incredible just from the ground up rebuilding that 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 atmosphere and um that survival horror just reinvigorating that genre and uh in such a unique way uh i i loved it from beginning to end i rented it so i only played through the leon a campaign so i'm i'm definitely gonna pick that back up at some point when it goes on sale and play through Claire's campaign and then probably jump back and do the B campaigns as well, because it was, it was such a tight contained experience. Um, like it didn't overstay its welcome. It was like, everything was just so like to the point and it felt, it felt great to get through. So that's been a huge surprise for me. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, devil may cry five, another game I had never played any uh, in the series. Uh, this is my first, my first go at that. Um, I tried to get into, uh, like Bayonetta, Bayonetta two when they launched on switch last year. And for whatever reason, um, couldn't get into it. And I love those kind of games, the like hack and slash action games just didn't click with me for some reason, but devil may cry five was, yeah, even the first one. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and give them a shot. Bayonetta one, Bayonetta one is like a low key masterpiece. I know. And I'm like, what high key? I I'm feel like, like everybody acknowledges that now. Straight yeah. up, high key. Yeah, Long I'm key. like, uh, I just have absolutely no idea why it didn't click with me, but for whatever reason, I was just. I, I think, know. I think, I think maybe the one thing why it might not have clicked with you. I think the, I think the lead character is a bit annoying. Yeah. Maybe That's not annoying, fair. but like, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't click with her as much as I click with any other character from like a hack and slash game, if I'm honest. But in terms of like the mechanics and how the game played, I, I love Bayonetta. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But Devil May Cry 5, like story was great. Uh, characters were just so over the top. Combat was great. I mean, the game's beautiful. It's built on the same engine, I believe, as Resident Evil 2 Remake. So it looks great. Um, it was good, man. It was, it was definitely uh, a bit longer than I was expecting it to be just because it was 
you know, an action hack and slash type game. I was like not expecting it to be super long since it's more kind of arcadey in, in nature, but it actually had a pretty decent length story. I, I think it was probably about 15 hours or so that I put in wow. um, on my first playthrough. So, and and that's like the intention is to go back and, and get better and play through on harder modes. And I definitely think I'll do that. So that's been my surprises. Adrian, what about you? Mine's pretty, uh, mine's pretty wild. Um, I, now this like surprise list will definitely change in the next two months because I'm going to for sure play all these releases. I just haven't yeah. gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me personally, as of where we're at, Resident Evil 2 and Apex are by far number one. And the reason being is because mm-hmm. Apex, obviously we've already touched on that, but I'm a huge, huge Titanfall 2 um, fan. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really, I was, I didn't really care about Titanfall One. Titanfall Two blew me away. Loved the game so much. I, I still love it, obviously. So when I saw the announcement that day, and I realized what, like, what the game was, I was already all in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Such yeah. a surprise. I was so excited, and you know, it hasn't let me down since. It's been such a great experience. It changed it changed so much. Uh, so with so with such a little time, you know, just such mm-hmm. a grand entrance. Uh, besides that, Resident Evil Two has been such a freaking ride for me because i was i was excited you know i don't know who wouldn't be excited when you first saw that like kind of test footage they showed off and you see like the how just how beautiful it looks i think everybody can even if you're not a horror fan for at least a second you could be like whoa this looks nuts right and so oh yeah but then i got the game you know and and i was already like oh i think i'm gonna enjoy it but man have i enjoyed it like it's it's been insane i've I've already gone through two playthroughs Mm -hmm. and i thought that was going to be it like i thought my time was done with it uh besides like doing the ghost stories but i honestly keep thinking about it and i think i'm going to try to platinum the game uh it's just going to take like a lot of work because the trophies on here are no joke yeah i think um no joke i think capcom did such a good job of making it feel like a fresh experience mm-hmm. so for example if you if you had played resident evil 2 originally on the ps1 you actually felt the need to, to like jump back into this remake um and actually play it again because they had like you said fresh incentives and and, and you know different things to do it wasn't just a it wasn't just a straight up you know copy, copy of yeah, yeah it wasn't just a copy and paste oh but here it looks better you know it looks prettier so play it Mm-hmm. Um, there was plenty more to do, so I think they kind of struck gold with that. I think Capcom, I, I are really, a, they are on a run right now. I think they're man, back, man. They're they're back. They're way back. They are back so bad. Like yeah. the last two Resident Evils now have just been insane. And Devil so, May Cry, yeah, Devil May Cry, like Monster Hunter World last year. Oh my god! All they need now is like a killer Street Fighter title, mm, and yeah. then they are they are back in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, been wild, uh... man. So, uh, just to finish, like that question, those are for sure the two um, for me. And then, I mean, besides that, I really couldn't say I had a big disappointment besides the anthem scenario, which we don't yeah. really have to cover on because we just did basically. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I still have, I still, I'm still going to keep my, you know, my hopes high that everything will work out. I think um, just touching on disappointment. Uh, I think a disappointment for me, and this is like, and realistically, it's not like an an utter disappointment. It's like just it was. Type of thing? Yeah, it was Kingdom Hearts three. So I, I picked that up uh, on launch, excited. I'm not a huge Kingdom Hearts 
like diehard fan who plays every game. I've played one and two and a couple of the spinoffs. And so I didn't have any like insane expectations going in. It was more so I just wanted to jump in and play through these Disney worlds and see how this story concludes after 13 years or whatever uh, between the last one. Um, and it, it, it was fine. It wasn't like a, I, I think the game unfortunately suffered from such a long development time that there was just an unnatural like hype around the game that it that it had to be this masterpiece or it was going to be had, like, a letdown last guardian type of scenario you know yeah yes yeah. exactly i think Where, even more i think even more pressure than last guardian because obviously kingdom hearts is already an established right. franchise yeah um, fan base so is, is in a lot of ways crazier oh yeah, for, sure. for sure yeah for sure. without it's without a doubt many, many ways. yeah with yeah. last guardian people more, they were more interested by like what is it mm-hmm. more than like we know what this is so give yeah. us what we want i think the thing. only hype but behind the last guardian was like because that was the person that made you know iso and mm-hmm. shadow colossus but it wasn't necessarily like this is the next chapter right in right. a in an in a ongoing and very complicated story uh um, oh yeah that people obsess over which rightfully so like they have every right and it's cool that they have mm-hmm. so dude you 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 wait out that long for anything like that uh it's gonna be it's gonna be so hard to meet the needs especially when the game feels like it should have came uh on the last console you know what i mean that's and that's more so where my disappointment came from it wasn't that the game was bad i enjoyed it i mean i think it was like it was a fine game um graphically i thought it looked great uh personally they did a great job with the graphics uh on at least on ps4 pro it looked amazing like a ps3 Uh, but it felt it felt like a PS3 game it, and it just it didn't it didn't feel good to play through a lot of parts most parts um it felt very like the 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 combat was so antiquated and it just wasn't up to modern standards and then you jump into a game like Devil May Cry 5 right where Whole that is very similar combat in all honesty the combat in Kingdom Hearts is very similar to that it's it's a fast paced action uh, RPG there's definitely uh, magic and stuff that you can summon and, and different things that come in. But it, 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 most of the game is is really like swinging the keyblade around and doing some cool shit. And it just felt so like sluggish in comparison to something that's so like hyper stylized like DMC. So, yeah, I, I would say that's that's been uh, that if that's my biggest disappointment this thus far, then we're yeah, off to a good start. Yeah. yeah, I will <laughs> yeah. say um before we finish this uh i haven't played the division two but if you heard me earlier i'm so excited to play that game i've been watching uh, a lot of my favorite people play it and it just looks so freaking good and i'm also Mm -hmm. very hyped to play um the game that i can never say correctly i just say shadows die twice (laughs) uh just because sekiro Sekiro. Yeah. I always, I always forget like how it's pronounced, and it's like so easy realistically. I am um, actually, I'm actually so shook by the early results that game's getting, the too, early scores man. that game's getting. So Matt, Holy me shit. and you, we spoke about this. Yeah, I don't know, like a, a, a bunch of a bunch of episodes ago. I think it was on one of the first episodes I was on. Yeah, and and I, I remember telling you that I saw the initial footage for that like a year ago or whenever, mm-hmm. whenever they first released it. And I said it looked kind of generic bland yes and i was just i was like i looked and i was like this game is this game is like a 75 for me 100 percent. and i was like it's it's, it's not going to jump out the gate like 
but apparently it's like it's really soulsy and it's like and it's like yeah. it's got like an 89 it's like one of the highest yes. rated games of the year so far yeah. like yeah it's like wow Look, man not to be that like total like just biased fan but from software can do no wrong so i just was instantly like this game is going to be great this game is going to be freaking great so but, i i more so was thinking it was it wasn't that it was going to be bad i thought that it was going to be good a good game but i think i was confused when at first launched they also showed i believe during that e3 conference at somewhere at sony's um um what is theirs um see i'm mixing i mix these these two up all the time wait what happened um ghost of tsushima <laughs> sony's uh game that's coming out oh you those, mix those up yeah i keep mixing yeah. those up uh i'm not I'm now but excited for that game but, too oh i can't wait but um ghost of tsushima they showed off i want to say at the same e3 that they, they showed they sekiro yeah Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing Sekiro and I was like, holy shit, this is the game that's been rumored from coming from FromSoft that they, you know, people have been trying to figure out, is it a Bloodborne sequel, whatever. Um, no, it's this new, it's this new IP. And I was like, okay, this, this looks good. And then it got completely overshadowed by Ghost of Tsushima. Just com- It's a different game, I understand. But the, the it's so similar in the setting and some of the combat looks similar, uh, even though it's not quite as meticulous in um, Ghost of Tsushima. It but, is it is absolutely ridiculous how good Ghost of Tsushima is. Oh Jesus! I think yeah. honestly, it's just because, and and I will say that that's totally on their part, and like like so much respect for them for doing it the way they did it because, dude, dude their presentation was just so good. Yeah. The more and more I'm thinking about it, um, because uh, if you go back to the E3 2018 um press conference and you watch mm-hmm. the Ghost of Tsushima gameplay again, and the bit at the beginning when he's kind of walking through the hills and you kind. Of feel like the swaying kind of mm. like fauna and like everything kind of on the ground and then you're kind of looking at how detailed that game is the more and more i think about it i'm i'm Super willing to put some money on i'm willing to put some money on that that is a ps5 uh, launched game damn oh i, I don't think i don't i don't think ghost of Shim is a ps4 game i really don't hmm. surprise i don't think it's coming out this year damn that was um, the one that i thought i thought I thought we would see that game like fall this year. That felt I like think a fall the, I think release. the Last of Us. I think the Last of Us Two is coming before Ghosts. Shit! Oh, I really do because like there's it. a lot of talk coming out now. The yeah. The Last of Us Two is is an October game this yeah. year. Yeah, I've heard those rumors too, um, which would be and, very surprising. And you know what they did with the Last of Us uh, on the last generation? They dropped right. it like shortly before the new generation kicked off. Right, and then just so over. I yeah. think they exactly so they might do the same thing they might yeah. drop it and then and then port over the last of us 2 to the ps5 a year later yeah and then Remember obviously this. ghost and then ghost of shima is just going to come out boom with the ps5 because mm-hmm. i mean if you honestly if you go back and watch that trailer again just watch how detailed that world is and i have not seen a game on the ps4 that looks that detailed with that cavalier yeah uh, dude, that had some insane lighting this chat like in a year like remember yeah. the chat that we had we need that we'll little like it. reminder. We'll remember it. I'd be like, oh yeah, you remember Ghost of Tsushima? Boom. Well, I just played Boom. it and completed it. Dude. <laughs> completed the whole it. podcast just like shuts off. The whole thing yeah. just like takes a dump for like two seconds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, really game. So I want to switch gears, um, talk about some indie games that we've uh, may, may or may not have played this year. A um, couple games that stood out that have been just overall outstanding games uh ape out which i i've been spoken highly of for uh the past month or so 
um, basically like a top down um, hotline Miami style game. Yeah. With it looks so like, much fun. Oh my gosh, man. It, it's the definition of fun. It's it's you're basically controlling this ape. You're trying to get out of these different scenarios. Um, there's like this frenetic jazz music that's playing in the background that that that's basically changing based on what you're doing. So you can grab people and use them as human shields. Um, a lot of people have guns, and when you grab them as a shield, they will turn their guns on the other people. So you can basically shoot other people with a person uh, and then use them as a shield, and you can throw them and slam them against the wall. And every time they hit the wall, there's a cymbal crash. So it almost feels like this weird rhythm game where you're like making music, just freeform jazz. Uh, incredible experience. It's pretty short. I got through it in about three hours, so it's definitely not a long game, but beautiful game um, graphically and gameplay-wise. Um, another game that I picked up uh, about a week ago is uh, Baba Is You, which is this new puzzle game that's been uh, getting critical praise from all over the internet. And it's like it's such a interesting game to go to after playing these huge uh, graphical powerhouses because this game is so um, min- minimalistic in the graphics. But basically, you are this little uh, like character. It's basically a 2D puzzle game. And uh, it's, it, you get a set of rules on each like level, right? Um, and the first rule is Baba is you, which basically means that you are the, that little character named Baba. And uh, you can move different things around, words to make different phrases, and change the rules of the game basically so the whole premise in the beginning is you are baba right baba is you and then it says flag is win so you know okay you need to get to the flag and touch that flag and you win but there's all these obstacles in the way so the first set is like a wall and it says wall is stop so you know all right baba is you so you're baba you need to get to the flag but there's a wall in the way but you can move the text uh of the 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 word wall I feel like this is very difficult to explain without seeing it. No, but I'm, I'm getting a good picture. I'm just closing yeah, my eyes. Yeah, but then you can drop the word wall down. Instead of Baba is you, you can replace Baba with the word wall. Then it says wall is you. And now all of a sudden oh. you are the wall and you're controlling the entire wall. And then you can touch the flag and win. So that's a really basic um, breakdown of, of the gameplay. But basically it's uh, it's about 200 levels of these word-based puzzles it kind of reminds me a lot of Scribble Knots, if you guys remember that game, which mm-hmm. was just an incredible game at the time. Uh, because you're like, how is this possible? I can basically type in whatever word I want, and it's able to do that in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that um, sophisticated like Scribble Knots, but it, it feels similar in that sense that it's a puzzle game where you have to manipulate. Seems like a, it seems like a lot of fun. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a very small little indie game, but... Um, really, I just love those games where, like, where you just jump from level to level and you slowly figure things out by kind mm-hmm. of yeah. yeah unlocking certain it's things and yeah like a hundred yeah. levels in and just to see like they've they've been able to take this so far in such creative ways that you're like yeah ah, exactly like, where like, did they come up with these things did you man? ever play um uh, sound shapes uh, yes I, I know of it I never played it. so mm-hmm. so similar kind of deal. I mean, obviously, it's it's a completely different game, but like in terms of like activating the different musical notes and Mm -hmm. activating like different gates that open and you go going through to the next one. I had so much fun with that game. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a very, very good game. So, I mean, I just love those indie games. I mean, indie indie developers now are just getting so, they're thinking out of the box so much. Yeah. And 
it, it's so funny because they're kind of basing their games off of you know relics of the past you know mm-hmm. like 10 15 20 years ago but they're kind of building on it to the point where it is the place to play like mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and um there's these big triple a games but indie games are still killing it and it's just just so good to see it's it really is such a great different type of game to play to kind of cleanse your palate from some of these bigger games to go into something smaller that's a little bit more bite-sized in a sense even though not all of them are a lot of indie games offer these incredible long experiences as well but generally they're a bit smaller so they're uh easier to jump in in between games i i like to usually play a couple indie games simultaneously with uh, a big triple a game um and kind of bounce between those and it's it's a really nice kind of way to to balance your gameplay out so it doesn't feel like you have all of these blockbuster experiences that you're going through you, get you have these out. little yeah you definitely get burnt out just going from like one big title to another these are, are nice smaller experiences that you can feel like you've completed something you've invested some time you've gotten out what you needed to get out of it um these you know but they really are most most indie games that i'm seeing these days are they're crafting just such incredible experiences that are really pushing the boundaries of what a lot of the AAA developers are not willing to do or not doing just maybe for a monetary reason. Yeah. Um, It seems like they're taking a lot more chances, uh, a lot of the indie developers, and and it's paying off. Uh, We saw games like Incredible Games, like Celeste last year, and and The Messenger, um, and and so many games upcoming this year. Um, My friend Pedro is going to be coming out, uh, sounds like, in the summertime, which is one of my most anticipated indie games and just games in general for this year, which looks insane. Yeah, um, and then we've got in the Valley of Gods coming at some point this year from Campo Santo, um, the the creators of Firewatch. So that should be a good one to look out for as well. Um, I want to turn over to uh, the last part here before we wrap up just games coming out in 2019 um, games that we know for sure that are coming out this year. Uh, what are some games you guys are looking forward to that you think will carry the momentum of this amazing year so far? I think um, the more and more I think about it, I think Days Gone is going to be a sleeper hit. Yeah, I know, man. Um, we we were both so in the camp that this game's going to be so like whatever. Nah. But but man, the the footage that they've been showing, um, it's going to be great, dude. It, yeah, it's the, looking the world. Like... The world looks so beautiful, mm-hmm. and. Um, and the enemies look so varied and so kind of like they, they could do anything different at any time. And like the inventory looks fantastic. And even, even, um, even your character looks, looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a really interesting story. And I, th- I think cause what they haven't touched on really a lot in the featurettes or any of the trailers is, is the story. Yeah. Now, obviously yeah. a lot of PS4 exclusives are very story based. So bend have, they've got quite a lot to live up to in terms of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can give us like a memorable experience, uh, it could it could spawn multiple sequels. Um, yeah. But in terms of the gameplay mechanics, it looks amazing. Like the the bike and having to like refuel and kind of having to look after your bike mm-hmm. um, and kind of like the, the you know the gameplay mechanics, the shooting. Um, it, it it looks like it's it's you know it's going to be a really 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 good game. So as I long as I, I yeah. As long as I don't have to pet the bike and feed it apples and carrots, I'll be okay. Yeah, I'm just. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't ever want to do that ever again. <laughs> You're like, all I'm, right, I'm, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good Love times. It. But yeah, more, more, but yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 as well. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, 
I'm hyped for that, man. I literally don't even need to say anything about that game at this point. They just keep dropping new characters on us like every yeah, day now, it seems. I know. And, and it's like, this, is, this is going to be a stacked game. I'm telling you, it's going to be so stacked. Like, it's going to be massive. Dude, I think there there's a, so much to do. The, the open beta is at the end of the month in, uh, yes. I think, next week. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm. on vacation, unfortunately, but you guys got to jump in there and let me know what's going on. I was going to say, doesn't that mean you have more time to hit it? But no that you're not going to be here that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be out of the country on vacation not really oh, out of not super far i'm just going on a cruise to mexico but you know it's oh, man that's like the equivalent of me going on like a cruise to like france or something or yeah Spain. so yeah except which, much which dirtier except to me to me and uh to me and matt like that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah that sounds that sounds lush i'm going to barcelona next week so i feel you it's all good oh man uh, that sounds really nice yeah, yeah, for sure. A few days. Um, on the Nintendo Switch side of things, there's quite a few good games coming out that I'm hyped for. Super Mario Maker 2, uh, which uh, one of one of my favorite games on Wii U, getting a sequel on Switch that's coming out in June. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I love Fire Emblem. It's going to be a good one. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, of course. That's yes. Gonna be fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. Like that that game, the the initial trailer, I, I was, I'm all in. I mean, I, there's a lot of people that didn't sound like they didn't like the setting, but I think it looks beautiful. I'm I'm ready to go with uh, with some Gen Eight stuff. Um, I am always looking for a game on Switch that makes me actually buy the freaking console. Yeah, like I'm just I'm just waiting for that moment. What? How, how to, have you not bought one? Dude, dude, dude I, Breath I, of the Wild. So, you got mate, I, I am so. <laughs> I am in some kind of different paradigm. I think yeah, to, to yeah. Nintendo fans because. I love Nintendo. I love all the games. I love what they're doing. There's so many great games out there, but I just, I, for some reason, I can't justify buying a console for some reason. And I, I don't know what it is. So maybe I'm just waiting for Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's, and that's I'm fair. Gonna, and I'm just going to jump in there and just buy like everything. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I think I, I think I like my Switch more than my PS4. And I know that that's like just blasphemous to say with all of the great exclusives that we got. In the past few years but the switch is just such a great piece of hardware and just the ability to play on the go these massive experiences like legend of zelda breath of the wild or mario odyssey or super smash brothers ultimate it's it's incredible to be able to just take it and the dream of playing with your friends out wherever you're at um and then coming home and docking it and everything's so seamless it really is an incredible piece of technology and i think nintendo I mean, clearly, it's it's they Hello. hit a home run with this. It's great. Um, so yeah, I would say once you do get it, you're gonna be like, man, I'm so sad I didn't get this earlier because there's so many great games out there for Switch. <laughs> I will uh, back up his statements by saying that out of everybody that I know, I don't know anybody that plays the Switch as much as Matt does. I oh, always yeah. see him on that thing. Yeah, er, er day. Er day. Yeah, my I I got just. Damn, most of the most of my catalog is just indie games on there. To be honest, that's like my indie machine now. That's just like go to. Part, it's, it's so good, man. There's so many good experiences on there. Just like indies, indies alone. But that you're, you're giving me severe switch FOMO right now. This is not fair. Uh, I, I I would I would highly recommend just if going out and picking one. I have one and I don't uh, play it nearly as much as Matt does. I'm just I'm like the opposite of that, but I also haven't invested in many games, so that's probably Yeah. I think I think we kind of pushed you into that Adrian like we were like just hyped for Smash and then and then that was your that was your 
reasoning for picking it up and then I think you got sidetracked with a bunch of other stuff and just never got around to it, which is yeah, but, with, that's uh, sad, but I always yeah. I always get sidetracked and then I end up coming back to it and then yeah. I love it. So it's just yeah. like I think out. you'll 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 find the, the one piece of software that really resonates with you and then you too will realize why you purchased the switch. You too will realize. <laughs> Dude, with every passing day, the Switch feels like the one that got away for me, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's just... Oh, I can see oh, it's, that. It's a, sad, it's a sad sight. So, uh, another game that I'm looking forward to that's supposedly coming out in 2019 is The Outer Worlds, uh, which is the the oh, yeah, uh, right. Fallout New Vegas developers. I'm very uh, excited for this. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not a huge... Obsidian game. Yeah, the Obsidian yeah, game. You said New Vegas, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said developers, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of fallout games. Like I, I always feel like I like the idea of fallout more than I actually like the games themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one looks great. This is like the setting that I like, and this is, it seems like it's got a good amount of humor and, uh, the, like world building and character interaction and stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm game. looking it's like fallout. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the other, the, the other worlds or whatever. It's the called. outer worlds. Mm-hmm. Outer worlds. Borderlands? I mean, hey. Shit, man. If that gets a 2019 release... That's, uh, that's, that's one game we have to talk about. We have to talk about the imminent announcement of uh, Borderlands 3. Yeah, well, GDC ends tomorrow. So does that mean that we're going to hear it tomorrow? Well, it's March, didn't they say March 28th? Uh, Yes. Wait, what? I thought they was, said... Was, that... wasn't, wasn't oh, there no, like, it was, I think it was like March... Yeah, 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 you're right. I think it was yeah. something happening uh, in Boston, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Is it PAX East that's at the end of the month? Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. PAX. Then. Yeah, it's, it's PAX. PAX. It's, it's PAX, not GDC. PAX, okay. Yeah. I was going to say. It's wait. happening at PAX and it's just, and I'm telling you, oh my God, is they're going to drop Borderlands 3? Oh my God. The, the okay, world is so going to descend into anarchy. Question for you guys. Is Borderlands 3 going to be a shared world shooter like Destiny, like Anthem, like The Division? Or no. is it going to be? No? I hope it's not because that kind of goes against it, doesn't? don't you think? I mean, that game was so close to already just being that. It was more, it was it was more story driven than it I was. I honestly think I honestly think Gearbox will do better for themselves if they just if they keep didn't. it contained. They, if they kind of keep writing up what they've already been doing. But do you think do you, do you think people want that kind of game in 2019? I know that's, that's a good question. That's a good I'm, question. That's I'm just question. I'm not that that's a bad thing, but that game, when was Borderlands 2 out? That was like 2012. 20, yeah, 2012. That's 7 years ago. That was yeah. before the current generation of consoles yeah. even came out, right? Yeah, you're and this right. was and that was before we had a game like Destiny. Destiny came out what 2013. Uh so we didn't even know that kind of a game we didn't understand that kind of gameplay yet. Uh, I think game. I think Borderlands would fit perfectly in that genre because it, it already had, uh, you know, the loot where you're constantly upgrading the weapons. You're playing multiplayer. You're playing with people, but it was just more story based. They can keep the story. I love the story based stuff, but I think having it be this massive, all all you're doing is shifting from four people to you know millions of people potentially. I think Borderlands is a uh, Borderlands Three is another one of those games where it could it could go either way. Yeah. Um. I just hope Rich. it doesn't crash and burn. I hope not. Um, I think they they definitely have a lot of anticipation riding behind that for many years. Um. And I think that they'll do right. They'll make a good game. I certainly hope so. I mean, because they even even the like the pre sequel 
did well and like it uh, was good fun yeah it was good fun yeah. i think it was developed by a different studio though yeah um oh, than than the main right. than the main studio behind borderlands one and two yeah um but yeah i had fun with pre-sequel borderlands 2 was just sensational yeah um, that was such a good game and i really loved borderlands one like from a nostalgic point Mm-hmm. um just like that world and like like because i obviously no one had ever really seen anything like borderlands before like with that yeah. kind of art style and kind mm-hmm. of tone and like the score and like the characters and just everything you were doing so when i played through borderlands one for the first time it was just blowing my mind and mm. i just hope borderlands 3 kind of gives you some of that feel again well we shall see in a week or however <laughs> many days that. it is until less that, that. Yeah, what day is today that. 22nd oh yeah you're right less than that dude well damn you guys are gonna have to fill me in because i'm gonna be gone um uh, on my vacation it. yeah I'm gonna, be gone. I'm gonna be gone all right boys well let's let's bring this one to a close uh i want to thank you guys both for joining me today to chat about the year so far in gaming uh matt where can folks find you online uh yeah so on previous episodes i would say you could just find me at matt jeffrey on twitter and instagram and all the rest of it however uh, i have just started a new podcast so if you guys want to check that out if anyone listening wants to check it out uh is twitter at pixel paradise podcast it's pretty much exactly as i said it pixel paradise podcast uh no different spelling or anything like that um that's on instagram and twitter is at pix paradise that's p-i-x paradise and then from there you can find my personal account if you want to sweet adrian what about you i have a instagram and a twitter under the uh username a d2 sterling and then i have uh, a youtube channel just under adrian sterling kind of makes it easy has all kinds of uh, gaming content and we'll start having more music content soon and then i also have two albums out on all digital platforms under the artist name Adrian, but the A's are V's. So it's V D R I V N. And that's it. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. You're welcome, yeah. bro. You're welcome, man. And once again, if you have any gaming related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYE Podcast or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free. Gain a Patreon exclusive role in the in your element discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Uh, As I mentioned, I will be going on vacation this next week, so there will not be a regular In Your Element on Friday, uh, but I will have a bonus episode for you guys uh, next week to keep you satisfied in the meantime. Uh, Until then, see you later, Elementalists. (laughs) 